0: Ciao, Bella. I am Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, and this is the Breathe Love and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit. Tune into the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and click the bell to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. I offer listeners cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, psychic, intuitive, or card readings, or learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading. Learn more at NeverTooLate.biz. May good fortune and magic come to all those who listen to the Breathe Love and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. Just a quick moment to share a great review I got. Five stars. Here's what the person wrote. Great practical approach to spiritual concepts. I love Ronnie's fun and practical approach to spiritual and sometimes out there topics. Her grounded and down-to-earth perspectives offer concrete approaches to living a spiritual and authentic life. Her humor also takes what can sometimes be heavy topics and bring lightness and joy into living and breathing through our, our magical journeys. That's from Soul Intent in the USA. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the podcast, please give me a five-star rating and write something nice so that you can encourage others to listen and enjoy. Much appreciated. Thanks so much. Welcome Sandy. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and I had such a great time when I was on your podcast so I know this is going to be really juicy so that's why I'm excited. So welcome.
1: Yes. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. I wish I could physically be there but it's a long way away.
0: It is isn't. I wish I could visit you there because I have been to Ireland and I can't wait to come back. I was reading about you on your website and it says you come from a long line of readers. So I wanted to hear a little bit about that. I think that would be really interesting to tell the listeners about.
1: Sure. Basically, for generations back and um, on my mother's side of the family, who I would know better, I suppose, than my dad's side of the family. I think that's the case for a lot of people. Um, My mother's mother, her mother, my great-grandmother, and my great-great-grandmother were all readers. Okay, And it goes back further, but I have no memories, and even my mother doesn't have any memories of those people. So I know a lot about the last, say, three to four generations. So my own grandmother, she um, used to read tea leaves, She was also a medium, but she basically read tea leaves. She didn't have as much time to read. She had 10 children. So um, she was very, very busy. So she just used to read for friends and family. But her mother was a very well-known psychic and medium. And she used to read Pam's. And her mother was also very well known, and she used to read Bones and Stones. So there's a lot of readers in my grandmother's side of the family. And then on my grandfather's side of the family, there's a lot of spirituality as well. His father was extremely spiritual. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Banshee. Have you ever heard of the Banshee? Yes. So the Banshee, for those who haven't, is... um, She would be a spirit that would come to visit to warn of death. Okay, so when you get a visit from the banshee, you know that someone is going to die. But the legend says that she only visits people with O or Mac in the name. So, yeah, but technically everybody in Ireland would have O or Mac in their name, okay, because we (laughs) were, every name was either O or Ni, because in Ireland, everybody was called. Like Sandy O'Byrne. Uh, well, I would have been Sandy Kneeburn or Sandy Ever, oh, Everin. Um, so the O say, means son of. Okay. So if you had John O'Brien, it would be John, son of Brian. Ah. Um, and the, the, the girls would be Sheila Kneeburn, which would be Sheila, daughter of Byrne. Okay. Or, and then when you get married, you'd be E. So you would be wife of Byrne. So every name in Ireland used to have, but obviously when we were taken over by England, we weren't allowed to speak Irish. We weren't allowed to use our Irish names. So everybody uh, was forced to use the English version of the name. So only some people still use the O. So, I mean, I, even though my grandfather's family were O'Brien's, I've never had O in my name, but I've still heard the Banshee. But my grandfather's father... Used to be the man in the village back in the day that when the, before there was undertakers, he was the man who used to get bodies ready for burial. So when someone died, they'd call him down straight away to um, prepare the body before it stiffened. So um, he was up one night. Um, as, this was a, a story that um, he told me when I was really really small. He was up one night and he couldn't sleep. So he was um, pacing around the house and he made himself a cup of tea and he looked out the window and he knew the neighbor hadn't been feeling well that day, but there was no expectation that the neighbor would pass away. Um, Now, I say the neighbor, he was probably about two fields away, okay? And um, so he saw the banshee leave the house that night and he knew that that man was about to to leave. So he got his bag, got on his bicycle, and headed down to the house. and he arrived. He just met the priest on the road. The priest was coming up to tell him that this man had passed it. Could he come down? But he'd already knew. So trying to explain to the priest that he saw the Banshee was another story. But so he used to <laughs> kind of foretell when people were going to pass because he would see the Banshee. And his wife, my, my granddad's mother, She was very in touch with the fairies. I suppose there's a lot of what we call folklore in Ireland. So a lot of legends and myths. It's kind of a mystical place where we talk a lot about the fairies and the leprechauns and the superstitions and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you've ever heard of fairy forts. Have you ever heard? Did you visit any when you were in Ireland?
0: You know, I have heard of that, but I don't know what one is. So please tell.
1: Yeah. So now I'm not an expert on uh, fairy forts. So I would have to you know, defer to someone who's done a lot of research on it. But basically, they're plots of land, okay? And they're homes to the fairies. So the fairies would always come out after dusk. So after twilight time, it's their ground and they don't like anybody to be on it. And for any disturbance to occur to this land is very bad luck. So in Ireland, it's very common to see a road being diverted to avoid a fairy fort you know or house plans changed to avoid disturbing a fairy fort so for example there's one in the field here at the back of my house I have a field that's my that's our own but then at the back of that field there's another huge field that's farmed um, by the farmer down the road but right in the center of this huge field which is very luscious looking and he grows lots of crops on it There's one area of land with about, I don't know, eight trees or something on it. And it's all overgrown. There's bushes and grass and all kinds of stuff in it. And it's a fairy fort. Okay, so even though like this is his main area for crops, he will not disturb this fairy fort. And last summer we were watching because often a hunt goes by in the fields here. So there'd be, um, you know, horses and dogs and they'd be chasing foxes, whatever. And we were watching the hunt um, out of the window one day, and the dogs chased the fox into the fairy fort, because the fox knew exactly what he was doing. And the first few dogs ran in chased the the fox in. I say they weren't even thinking where they were going. The horses refused to go in. They just Ah. sensed it. So it's a really protected area of land, and it's very, very bad luck to disturb it, because it's the home of the fairies. So when my great grandmother married my great grandfather and she moved to his home place and they were farming, so um, they were out collecting the hay from the field. And of course, my um, great grandfather and his brothers all, you know, cut the hay, picked it up, whatever. So the women would go out afterwards and they'd pick up all the smaller bits of hay from around the edges. And that's what she was doing. And she was in this small field, um, but she didn't know it was a fairy fort. So she wanted to get it finished, so she stayed out a bit later. It started to get dark, and as she tried to get out of the field, she couldn't, because every time she went to where the gate was, the fairies moved to the gate. So she'd go over to where she thought the gate was. There was no gate there. She'd turn around. She'd look. She'd see it at a different part of the field. She'd go there. There'd be no gate there. So she ended up sleeping on the wagon in the field overnight until the ah. sun came up. And then she could find the gate and find her way out.
0: Oh, so my gosh. really bad luck. Yeah. That's a crazy really, really story. To be in there. So how do you know, like, what does it look like? Does it look like a fort or it's just a place that's kind of magical and that's it?
1: It's just a small area of land. Like the one she was in that was a, um, like a small field. So like a paddock, maybe off of a field. Uh, the one at the back of Oz, it's literally just a circle in the middle of the field you know, and it's surrounded this, like, as I say, about eight trees around it. And because nobody touches it, it's kind of overgrown with high sure. grass and brambles and stuff. But um, so it's just a small circle of land, maybe about, I don't know, maybe only four or five meters in diameter. Oh, okay. you know, so not massive. Yes. But yeah, so I don't know. I couldn't tell you how they identified these areas of land but they're still there and nobody will touch them. So um, people say it's superstition, but still much and all as people will say it's superstition. They won't go in and disturb it at the same time.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you, I've certainly heard you don't want to mess with the Fae. You know, you don't Definitely want not
1: a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> no way.
0: <laughs> so whether it's superstition or not, why take the chance, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, no, yeah. I wouldn't either.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely
0: not I've had a number of experiences with seeing nature spirits which is different than the fairy folk and the first time I was in the front of my yard trying to dig up the ground to plant flowers and right next to me in the grass there was a little impression where the grass just went down and one little footprint one footprint And it was probably four inches big. And I looked at it and I was like, what the heck is going on (laughs) to see this one tiny little boot print or footprint of some kind. And then I slowly watched the grass return to the way it had been and and all disappeared. And I was like, "Whoa, that's, (laughs) that was just crazy. So isn't it
1: amazing though? And there's so much that we don't know about. I mean, isn't there no. really? There's so much that goes on in this world. I mean, we talk about leprechauns and stuff like that, but I definitely would think, you know, with the fairies, you definitely don't want to, I mean, they're the nicest and they will do anything for you, but don't cross them. Right. <laughs> you know, Right. definitely don't cross them. Don't cross definitely them. Bad
0: luck. So when did you start doing your mediumship work or start doing your reading?
1: Okay. So I suppose I've always seen spirit. Okay. I've always seen them since, well, I mean, further back than I can remember. Okay. So my mother would tell me lots of stories about things that I talked about uh, when I was young. So the ability to see spirit and to communicate with them was always there. And I always say that, you know, I think because there was an understanding of, you know, spirit in the family that I was very lucky, you know, because I'm not saying that all parents would tell, tell kids not to talk about it. But, you know, it's very easy to dismiss, I suppose, what a child is saying, you know. So, like, for example, when I was at my grandmother's house, okay, when I was a child, you know, sometimes a door would like randomly open or push open or whatever. My grandmother would have been the kind of person that she would always say, oh, come in and sit down. And she would literally put out another cup on the table and fill it up.
0: Wow, yeah, that's said, amazing.
1: Oh, this, is, uh, this, is, this is someone coming to visit us. So she always said that. So like, that's always been the thing in our house when you'd hear the wall creak or, you know, the, the door push open or the footsteps on the stairs. You'd say, come on in and sit down and join in with us now. And don't be outside, sit down, look at, or don't be outside looking in at us, sit, sit down, look out. All like that kind of stuff. So um, there was always the understanding in our family, that spirit were around us. So um, I never felt any different when I was little. So when I I realized that this was something that not everybody saw was when my grandmother died. So unfortunately, she was only 56 when she passed. And we weren't expecting her to go at all. And she, like at the funeral, my mother had five brothers, which were like big brothers to me. We were raised with all my mother's family very, very closely. And, you know, to see all these Big strong men crying at the funeral and I was like you know well why are they crying and then everybody's like oh nanny's gone to heaven to live with holy god you know and I was like but she's not she's over there sitting down beside granddad I don't I don't understand you know (laughs) so um yeah so then someone snapped at me and they were like um no she's not there she's not she's gone to heaven so I, I I can distinctly remember I spent the whole day um hiding under the table and behind the tablecloth, and my mother was handing me down sandwiches and biscuits and stuff you know and so she explained to me afterwards that you know not everybody sees you know what I was seeing yeah um, now she didn't tell me not to talk about it she just said be careful and you know don't get upset and stuff like that because I spent 13 years in the convent school okay uh-huh. so Thirless where I live and where I grew up I mean Ireland as we all know has always been very Christian and very Catholic So the town where I grew up was where they used to train all the priests. Okay, so Ah. we have St. Patrick's College here, which is right across the road from the Cathedral of the Assumption. So, and on either side of the cathedral is two different convents, you know? Yeah. And then just up the road from that, we have another college for the palatine fathers so like there was a lot going on we had two convents of nuns we had two colleges of different orders of priests we had the cathedral we're known as the cathedral town so every morning as i was walking to school you would see hundreds of student priests processing you know in their garb across the street into the cathedral for morning mass so you didn't say that you saw dead people it just wasn't done Gotcha. OK, gotcha. so you keep a lot to yourself and kids don't want to be any different. Kids don't want to be different than other True. kids. They want to be the same. Yeah. Um, so they don't talk about it. And I remember my cousin, uh, my mother's brother had a daughter and it was just five months between the two of us. And we were very, very close growing up. If I wasn't sleeping at her house, she was sleeping at my house. And I remember her saying to me one um, night, she said, Sandy, Sandy, I need to talk to you. And I was like, what? What's wrong? And she said, Sandy, I hear people. I hear people talking at me all the time. And I went, oh, thank God, because I can see them. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. You know, <laughs> Yeah. So it was great to know that there was somebody who, you know, who understood, you know, because having lost my grandmother, I felt like I'd lost that connection, you know, with it. So, yeah, it was lovely to be able to talk to her about it. But again as a teenager once I got into my teens and that nobody wants to be different so it wasn't something that I discussed with people at school. And then like anybody you know we have ups and downs in life. I lost two family members you know the year that I turned 15. So my granddad who was a huge influence on my life, passed away after a battle with cancer and then my uncle Kevin who was like a brother to me, he passed away 10 weeks later after a motorcycle accident. he was only 31.
0: Mm, sorry and,
1: like that was a huge huge thing for me as a young teen thank you and I really was angry at spirit you know because at the time I was going through a lot with my spirit guides they were coming into my bedroom at nighttime trying to get my attention saying you can't ignore us they'd shake the bed they'd pull the duvet <laughs> off the bed they'd knock my clock off the locker oh no and I was there and I was there with my duvet over my head like go away go away go away So and then I got angry with them and I said, look, you want me to to work for you. And yet you couldn't even do this for me. You know, you couldn't even let Kevin stay. He was only young and blah, 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 blah. So I sulked with them for a long time. Okay, believe me, (laughs) I'm Irish and I'm a natural redhead. So when (laughs) I get fired up, I get fired up. So um, I wouldn't wouldn't talk to them for a long, long time. And then when I was 17 years old, I was living in Germany and I was living in a small village about 100 kilometers southwest of Frankfurt. And I was out jogging and I it was a beautiful summer's day. It was so hot, a hot day like we never get in Ireland because everywhere in Ireland is so close to the sea, it's that bit cooler. So being in landlocked Germany, it was a lot warmer and I was out running and I heard I had like. Music playing in my earphones and stuff, and like nice 1990 style earphones and personal cassette player. And I heard somebody shout, run at me. And I was like looking around and I was like, you know, is there someone here taking, you know, making fun of me? And I was, it was in the middle of nowhere. I was in, you know, I was in what they call the Rhine Flats. So it was all vineyards for miles and miles and miles around. I lived Ah. in a small village and so there was nobody around for miles and then I saw I heard again run run now and I thought I'm going mad you know and I was literally (laughs) standing in the middle of the road, and I was spinning around in circles thinking who's shouting at me next thing this car passed me and in this car and I can still see it because you know something happens and you see it like it's um, slow motion oh yes and I can still picture it to this day, a small little black car. And they, they were playing the music so loud. You know, it was like doof, 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 doof as, as the car was passing. And there was five young men in this car. And they were staring at me. And of course, I was staring at them because I was a bit befuddled. And I was half thinking, were these the ones that were shouting at me? So anyway, the car passed and I, I continued running. And next thing I heard this, run, run as fast as you can. Again, I looked around, there was nobody there, but I ran and I didn't run on the road. I ran down into the vineyard and I hid between two rows of vines, climbed in over the the wire and hid. And the car came back. It did a U turn up the road and it came back, and these five guys got out. And I'm not joking you. All I could hear was the thumping of my heart in my ears. You know, when you're so scared. Yes. They got out and they started looking for me. Two of them went to the other side of the road two or three of them were on my side of the road and they were going down looking in through the the vines to see where I was and they were looking for about 20 minutes okay luckily enough I'd run about halfway down the field so after about 20 minutes this guy was about three meters away from where I was and I was getting ready to run when the other guy at the top because the vineyards kind of fell away from the road so I was looking up at where the road was and he he shouted to them to come on and they did the all gap in the car they gave up and they took off again so I waited another 20 minutes and I ran home
0: oh my through the fields I didn't go back oh my.
1: I didn't go back out onto the road but I ran through the fields all the way home and I literally ran a run a circle around the village to go in the back door to where I was living And I swear to God, if I hadn't heard that voice, God only knows what would have happened. Yes. Because years later, I did read a story about a girl in the US who had had the same experience. She'd taken a lift when she was hitchhiking with um, a guy in a truck. Long story short, when she when they stopped for something to eat and she went to the washroom and she heard a voice telling her to climb out the window and run. And she didn't. She heard this voice three times and she thought, I must be cracking up. She washed her hands, she left, and that guy kept her for seven years.
0: Oh my gosh. Let her go
1: for seven years. So I think the outcome could have been very different. Yes. So then I started to, I wouldn't say embrace it necessarily. I definitely started to listen a bit more and I started to soften towards my spirit guides. Um, I was starting to forgive them a little bit, I guess. But I have to say, like I travelled around and I lived in mainland Europe and I lived in the UK for a while. And but it was when I came home that I really started to gel with them again.
0: Ah, yes.
1: So yeah, and I don't know. I think it's not necessarily that I can't read in other countries because I've travelled a lot of countries reading since. But I think it was that for the development, I felt more comfortable when I was at home. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're at home in your own home. Yes. So I was at. I went to see a medium actually one night. And there was a couple sitting in front of me. And for the whole first half of the show, I could feel their anxiety growing and growing and growing. And this medium, she was very good, and she read a lot of people in the audience, but they didn't get a reading. So at halftime, the lady turned to the gentleman, and she said to him, let's go. And I just tapped her on the shoulder, and I said to her, oh, please don't go. I said, your son is here. I said, he, he can just, he feels your anxiety, so he doesn't want to go up on stage to talk to the lady. So I was able to tell her all about this boy and he told me, you know, um, where his ashes were kept and he told me lots of stuff to tell to them. And she gave me a big hug and she said to me, he's actually our grandson, but we raised him from a baby. She said, so he is my baby boy. Uh So anyway, they stayed for the rest of the show. She felt better after that. And at the end of the show, when the other lady went off stage, she said she stood up just as the audience stopped and She said, everybody if you want a reading you need to go see this girl here behind me she said never mind that woman on the stage oh my and gosh I was Mortified. oh my gosh I was, o- I was only there as you know as a spectator the same yeah. as everybody else so once she did that I was about 20 minutes giving out my phone number to all these different people the following few days my phone never stopped ringing and all of a sudden I was booked up for like three or four months wow I love that that, and that's how it happened, you know. It just happened by accident. Wow! Wow! Well, no, since.
0: that wasn't an accident. Come on now. <laughs> no, it wasn't an accident. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I
1: suppose no. you know, spirit had spirit had been pushing me for a long time. I just wasn't listening. Yeah. To be fair, I just didn't listen. Yeah. So from that day on, like it's like anything. Um, nobody is going to give up their full time job, you know, to do a few readings. Yes. Um, I mean, it was never anything like. Nobody made a living out of doing readings. My grand, my great grandmother, even um, she lived in a small cottage in a small village called Dundrum in County Tipperary. And people used to queue up outside her house from six o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, from readings. But she still had other things. My grandmother, my great grandmother used to grow vegetables and sell them. You know, she did a lot sure. of stuff. And yes. God, bless, God bless that woman. She took in two little boys after the war. You know, they were displaced and their parents were killed in the war in London and they were sent out and she took them in so she had a lot going on but she still did her readings so I had a full-time job I had two young kids you know and uh, I never intended to it wasn't something that you could make a full-time living out of yes so I was just doing it kind of you know a couple of evenings Saturday Sunday afternoon whatever and it just became overwhelming after a while, you know, it just got so busy that I ended up taking a career break. Um, I worked in third level education and I took a career break and um, I've never looked back, you know. Yeah. Uh, within three months of taking the career break, I was on stage in New York City. So it all happened quite quickly. Wow. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So I loved- i have to say i love traveling so i love seeing new places and meeting new people and you know it, it's kind it's the kind of job where you meet so many different people with so many different experiences you learn so much about people
0: oh you know sure.
1: i suppose i i i always felt that i i wouldn't necessarily say i had a sheltered upbringing But you know you're brought up in an area it's a religious upbringing you know it's a it was a small enough town when I was growing up and everybody knew everybody and to find out you know the things that people experience in life you know and the loneliness that's out there I have to say it's a much lonelier world now than it used to be I think the more communication we have the lonelier people are getting and You know, if you can, if I can help with that in any way, be it through a psychic reading or a medium reading, or just sometimes
0: having a chat with somebody, it's so important. So Sandy, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I've been loving every word. And of course I just melt away hearing the accent. I don't know what it is about the lilting sound of the Irish accent, but I adore it. So, but I know you have something to give the listeners.
1: If you go onto my website and click on the link, why do we go for a reading, and you will get a leaflet, which gives you eight reasons why you should go for a reading and what you can get from the reading. So it really helps people to figure out whether they need a reading right now or not.
0: Oh, that sounds wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with me here today and being with the listeners. And I just know I'm going to have to have another conversation with you. So <laughs> we'll set that up soon. I'd love that. All right. Thanks, Thanks Ronnie. Thanks again. This is Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, thanking you for listening today. If you'd like cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, a psychic, intuitive, or card reading, or to learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading, please visit NeverTooLate.biz. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe and share it with someone that you love. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Ronnie and Ryan hoping you make the most of the love and magic that always surrounds you.